Excuse me, but several. Wow. Would you look at this? A real life space bus. Wow. What we once thought of as just some silly, impossible dream, it's now a, a real uh, a, a dream. What, like, what a marvel of, of, of engineering, you know? Oh, hey, David. Uh, it looks kind of shit, though. David, you're, you're in the space bus, too? Yeah. Oh, that's you. Hey, can I ask yeah. you? It's you too. Can I ask? Can I ask you about something? Just, just on the level. Oh, Sh Shaz is here too. Yes, hello. They're also on the space bus. Can I ask They're you also both? Space can I ask you something really important? Yes. Have you noticed that there's no toilet on this bus? Well, uh, space buses don't have toilets because no, in space no one can hear you pee. But, well, uh, kudos for that. But also, that's a health code violation and also a human rights violation. I think if we're careful, we could actually get like a, a lawsuit together to take down um big space bus. Because to be honest, I'm pretty sure there's no human rights in space either. <laughs> this is space yeah. capitalism. Cut yeah, out the toilet, yeah. save money. <laughs> As portrayed in the Doctor Who episode, Oxygen. People don't know, but that episode was originally about how they were going to charge you to pee. Mm -hmm. You, there's a, a Ryanair, the, the the budget air flight, budget air flight, I don't know, budget, budget airline, whatever company Ryanair uh, wanted to charge people twenty cents to use the toilet or something during flights, and then mm -hmm. they wanted to they wanted to take out the seats in the planes so you to like stand in the plane. I'm a peaceful from... person, but every time I hear those stories, I'm like, mm, maybe we should. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> These people well, do not deserve. Cut that! Cut that! <laughs> I I almost said something. Uh, parody, parody, Minecraft, Minecraft. <laughs> well, look around the space bus. Run over to the to the to the waterfall. The really nice waterfall, which I will admit I've had a lot of water, so you know I might have to run out there, you know, to to because there's no toilet. Here. Um. Remain seated. The space bus has fucked itself. Our space engineers are on their way. Well, I guess we're stuck here. Uh, yeah. You know what this reminds oh, this... me of? Mm. You know what this reminds me of? Uh, what? That, that, that one episode of Doctor Who, I can't remember what it was called. Um, with the bus and, and space. Daytime and... or something? Planet of the Dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I... I, I, yeah, midnight. That, that's what it's midnight. Um, oh, that's it. Yeah, I that's prefer the one Planet that, of the Dead, but sure. That's <laughs> the one that was written by Russell T. Davies and directed by Alice Trenton. No relation. Um, you know, we actually, we actually spoke to Alice Trenton before. She's directed um, Sarah Jane Adventures and Torchwood and all this stuff. Um, she's one of the only people who's directed all three original shows. Wow, an auspicious um, honor. Michelle, you, you know what episode of uh, Sarah Jane Adventures she directed? Which one? Uh, is it the Gorgon? Most of them. Is, is, is the oh, answer. wow. Um, I, I thought it was the Gorgon. She did direct the Gorgon episode um, uh, uh, um, with other ones. Um, I think that episode was broadcast on the 14th of January 2008 as well. Or not even the 14th of January, I'm talking about the 14th of June. Well, I'm, I'm all over the place. Um, yeah, the space bus is getting to your head. It is, mm -hmm. and also the fact that there's there's no fire exit either, so that, that's, that's another violation. Um, yeah. I think that the, the way the episode went was like the doctor went on like a space coach to see like a cool waterfall with a load of people like fake Ricky Gervais and uh Goth Oh my Merlin. god, it is fake Ricky Gervais. Holy I was <laughs> I saw I was watching this episode thinking, who does that look like? And wow. But wow. Anyway, what happens is uh this invisible alien kills uh the two drivers and then it uh it possesses uh 
a person and she starts mimicking everyone and then she starts like talking like, in perfect sync with everyone and then she steals the doctor's voice and the passengers are like okay it's a uh, probably time we kill this person and just chill out for a while and then the the un- unnamed uh stewardess on board the the bus is like hang on that, she's still bad and then she she like rugby tackles uh, the woman who's possessed and they get eased out into the the hostile atmosphere outside and then the the bus gets picked up and the doctor and donna leave the planet which is called midnight which is where the title comes from um yeah it's a can great I, episode can i just say that i love when sci-fi is like we're not going to explain the monster you're yeah. just going to have to roll with us for like 45 minutes <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, that's no exactly how they should do it yeah exactly I like as well how at the end, like there's even at the end, it's like we don't know if that's still alive or like if she survived going out, out into the planet. Or if there's more of them, it's just there's no explanation. It's it still could be out there. It could be dead. It could be part of a species, which is good. You know, in, in the on the topic of people who look like people, uh, Leslie Sharp in this episode. I don't know why reminds me of J.K. Rowling, but uh, I I'll just I'll just think about. About that. Mm. Wow, I just killed the mood, huh? Didn't <laughs> I? Okay, cool. We're in a space bus. We want to think about that J.K. Rowling. Much like J.K. Rowling, the monster in this episode steals your voice and tries to throw you out of a deadly bus. If you think mm-hmm. about it, mm-hmm. yeah, tries to bring out the worst in people and turn yeah. up, have like a angry mob turn at somebody. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. she is a blonde white lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I uh, think Midnight is an episode all about how the most dangerous thing in the world is a middle-aged white straight couple. <laughs> <laughs> I right? did write in my notes. I was like, this is a certified white woman moment. I'm just going to be <laughs> yes. honest. <laughs> yes, I, I think uh, the doctor has so much patience because if, <laughs> if uh, fucking... Uh, <laughs> If Val like was like, I told you it was her to me, I would have just like shut the fuck up. Like just launched at her. I feel like if the sixth doctor was in the story, he would have throttled her immediately. <laughs> just launches at her neck. Yeah, oh, that man. Was, it was really great because it is uh I don't even know if it was meant to be like a commentary about like the way, you know, sometimes white women, you know, weaponize their position and target people in that way where they like you know make other people do their bidding sometimes i say all this as a white woman so it's okay they cut the call is coming from inside the house (laughs) (laughs) i will say though i will say though you have a point and i noticed that this is why what the sixth seventh time i've seen this episode and i noticed that this time i also noticed the theme of masculinity um Mm -hmm. with fucking biff which by the way great name biff uh biff being like this guy who's desperate to seem super manly and like basically bullying the professor into doing the same things as him and i and i think it's not and also like the professor telling his clearly more clearly smarter uh assistant that she's average at best yeah uh, i also think it is not a coincidence that the two characters who are correct in the se- the final sequence where they're like we should not throw him out and they catch on what's going on are black like i think that is not i could it could be that they just like coincidentally picked two black actresses but i don't think it's a coincidence like i i think it's kind of like a it is basically meant to be like a microcosm of race and gender and just group politics all at once and even age because like there's Jeffro and he's like the young one and he's not taking this seriously and the old ones are like pushing him into agreeing to this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah well it's like the, it, like the doctor says it he says um, this is the first humans this creature has encountered and we're all gonna murder it, murder it. like we are a representation of humanity yeah Except and also doctor. yeah yeah and the doctor like his his smug routine goes over very poorly in the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a this is a this is the perfect Tenth Doctor story because only he is that smug. Every other doctor, even the smug ones, 
would not let it get to this point, they would have had some like secret card up their sleeve and like sh- that would shut everybody up. I think maybe the one that would get closest to this is eleven. Everyone else would have just been like, "No, I know how to handle this." Even thirteen, I think. Like it is the perfect ten story because he is the only one that could get to the situation due to his smug attitude, which David Tennant plays beautifully. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he's really good at that. And also, I do have to say, um, I also think that uh, it's very telling that the another thing I noticed this time watching around this episode, watching around this episode this time, is that the creature only attacks at uh, only shift shifts at like a person's scariest moment. Like, it goes for Sky when she's at her scariest. And it's only after the doctor admits, I'm scared too, that Sky starts, like, only imitating him. Mm, interesting. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's a very well-written episode. It's yeah. a very, very well-written episode. It's, um... It is... I, 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 the thing I always think about is that, like, this... The, the turnaround between this episode being written and this episode being filmed as far as I remember is, was like fairly tight. Like he wrote this in like three, like it was like three or four days. He wrote this like entire oh, wow. episode. Jesus. Because they had, they had a script written um, by Tom McRae, the guy who wrote the Cyberman two part in series two, where it was like um, the doctor was going to go on uh, one of those like ghost hunting shows. And Donna was going to be watching, like we're going to watch the episode from her house with her mom and be like, like interacting with the doctor as he was on camera. Um, and then <laughs> I would have loved that. I that is a great the, idea. Yeah. And then Russell was like, it's too similar to Unicorn and the Wasp. Get out of here. We're not, we're not using this episode anymore. We're going to, we're going to use, um, we're going to use this, this episode where the doctor is almost killed by an angry mob. And oh then, yeah. That's the, that shows the difference between us because I would be very satisfied. <laughs> I would be satisfied with that idea. Just, I feel like this this particular run of series four is such a bummer. This is the bummer era of the show. Uh, from like fucking Silence in the Library onwards, it is such it's like bummer, 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 just one after the other. Next week's episode in particular, huge mm-hmm. bummer. I could not disagree more. <laughs> you disagree? I love this run. Yeah, I love this run. Okay, I, go okay, on. Okay, so. I don't I don't know y'all's opinions, but I love Russell T. Davies and all of his mm-hmm. goofiness. So and also I love Rose, which I don't know if you like her or not. But <laughs> so bringing her back was like really fun for me as someone who like really likes Tan and Rose together. And like. I really like how formatty format breaking this kind of is. It's it's almost like a play more than it is a show. Mm-hmm. And just trying to utilize. uh music and dialogue and acting to tell a story rather than a set is such a fun idea and when it's executed well it's one of my it's always going to be like one of my favorite episodes of tv because i just love how different it is and i like when things are unique and so this and then i i I really like turn is turn right or turn left turn left Turn left. left. yeah i just really like that episode i think it's, you know, it's the speculative, like, what if Donna and the Doctor never met? Like, <laughs> it's funny that I like this, but then I don't like some of the other stuff where they over-elevate the companion to be this sort of so important to the Doctor. And, like, sometimes it irritates me, but I think it works with Donna, and I really like it. Mm-hmm. Turn left, I am... Um... Like, it... I, I lo- like, I love turn left. I, I absolutely adore turn left. Turn left. I am. Whenever I stop and think about like the implications of turn left, I'm like Jesus Christ. In terms of like well, you know how how yeah. dark it gets, like 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 Sarah Jane and the kids being like brutally killed trying to stop a uh, trying to stop the um the hospital stuff, the Jadoon stuff. And uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I should say it's not. I'm not saying it's a bummer and that's bad. They are great episodes. This is a fantastic episode. I just. It is like a particularly bummersome run for me. 
just that this whole it, it it does feel like series four starts out in a high like not not like in a quality high but like in a just a pure what's the word i'm looking for like just energy vibe. high yeah, yeah vibe, like a, vibe. the vibes are beautiful and then the vibes start getting more and more rancid as we okay. go on until Donna goes through the ultimate vibe check, which I don't like. I I, I mean, we're, I know we're like three episodes away. I don't like what happens to Donna. Okay. I, 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 per, uh, personally, I just that is like the one decision. I'm like, I just don't like that. And I, I do have to say, I actually do like Rose. I like Rose and Marfa. Okay. I like all of these companions. I don't think there's a single companion I dislike, except for Adam. But he's never a companion. He's like a companion for one episode. Uh, but ex- excuse me, his gravestone says a companion true, so he does. Oh, count. I remember that. Yeah, for the forgotten. <laughs> Shaz, do you know about the forgotten? It's it's, no, it's, I don't. Prisoners, it's prisoners of time. He he gets killed. The forgotten is when a giant bug turns into the doctor and oh. pretends it's it's like the evil doctor. It's a really the forgotten is 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 thinking of rancid. Forgotten is like one of the worst. Like. It was, I think, like the forty-fifth anniversary special. It's like an IDW comic, where it's basically just like three or four issues of uh, the Tenth Doctor walking around the Doctor Museum, going like, "Oh, I remember that coat. Oh, I remember that person." And then a, a giant, uh, a David Tennant with a beard comes down and was like, "I'm the evil Doctor. You left for Rose. Actually, no, I'm a giant bug that is on your back in the TARDIS, um, drinking your memories. I'm dead now. Sorry." And then prisoners of prisoners of time. Is the is the fiftieth IDW special, which is uh, Adam Mitchell uh, gets retrofitted with like Cyberman technology or something, and he travels through time kidnapping people, and then he uh, teams up with the Master who kills him, and then uh, they give Adam like a big memorial and the like, funeral, and his gravestone says Adam Mitchell companion true, and like they all like stand around crying in his grave. It's it's, it's just embarrassing. It's just like, I don't even know. I don't even know what the vibes were. It's, like, it's just it's just nonsense. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. Not uh, good. Absolutely not good vibes. Speaking of bad vibes, uh, uh, midnight. That's bad vibes because they all they all get carried away by the the ultimate bad vibe, which is um, the bit where uh, is it Driver Joe? I think his name is. He has a battles in time card. Um, yeah, the droid. You guys, they get brutally murdered by by whatever it is, and then mm-hmm. the vibes are all out from there. Yeah, I actually have the- a question. Yes. So when Ten has them raise the shield so they can see, are we supposed to think that the monster wouldn't have come for them if they didn't like look at it? <laughs> like, is this Ten's fault? Is what I'm asking. <laughs> mm, it. I. I think it is his fault, but not because of that. Okay. I I think it is his fault because of the knocking. Okay, like, I can see when, that. When when it starts knocking and he starts knocking back, but the thing is, like, we just don't know. Like, that's the that's the secret. We just don't know. It could have, for all intents and purposes, maybe the creature would have never like cared about it if they had just been left behind. If they had a knock back, but the fact that they got knocked, the fact that ten knocked back and like said there are people here, it's kind of like. He went, oh, the creature went, oh, now I can get inside. You know, that, that's my theory, personally. Mm. Yeah, I think he just, po- I think he just po- like, it's the classic 10 thing of poking at something and then being shocked when the thing pokes back. Yeah, um, I didn't yeah. think I didn't think the leopards would eat my face, says <laughs> the person who voted leopards eating face party. That's that's the 10th doctor. <laughs> and I love him for it. He is, he yeah. is such a goof. <laughs> We should make uh, each doctor represented by a, by a tweet, because if that's, <laughs> I definitely <Yes>. think that <laughs> like one of those threads where people do that with drill tweets. Yes, 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 yes. The, 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 can, the candle tweet is the eighth doctor with his, with his joint artist that's coming. <laughs> Uh, Milkshake Duck tweet is the sixth doctor. Like, we all love the doctor with the funny coat. We regret to inform you the doctor with the funny coat has committed genocide. <laughs> That's the. Somebody should do that. Somebody do that. Uh, mm-hmm. Midnight. Yes. Great episode, guys. And I feel like yeah. it's particularly noticeable that at the end, nobody knows 
they make such a good point of bringing up that nobody knows the doctor's names and he the doctor's name and he never gives it away. And then at the end, it's like, what was the hostess's name? Did anybody ever ask? Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, nobody did. I mm-hmm. thought that was like a that that hit me in particular. That, mm-hmm. and also the fact that the hostess was the one who was like the most eager to throw ten out or throw Sky and ten out if he got in their yeah. way, and then like mm-hmm. she did follow up through with her threat, but like in a good way. <laughs> yeah, it was like she was right all the time long. Like <laughs> it seemed really yeah. bloodthirsty at first, but then it was like, okay, no, she has a point. <laughs> It's almost like she did that sacrifice out of regret. Like she she catches on to the fact that uh oh, uh oh, I gotta put the the toothpaste back into the tube mm-hmm. after letting it out. Mm-hmm. But really, the, the the I mean, honestly, out of all those people, I don't think any of them are bad guys except for the couple. <laughs> uh, they yes. are true rank and file mm-hmm. human beings. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like the, like the bit where uh, the husband starts talking about how he doesn't believe in God and how he's a, he's a cool, edgy atheist, yeah. and then he starts hosting an award show where he just yells at people. I mean, that was that was a crazy thing. Dude, um, when the when when they start being like, well, "We saw it, we saw it, it jumped, we clearly saw it," it's like, "Oh my god, I hate, I know these people, and I hate them. I visibly yeah. actually hate them." Uh, there's something so. Good, like good in the sense of like well written about these characters because they are real like everybody knows these people everybody knows these people uh, mm-hmm. and here they are in Doctor Who it's like they never go away they still exist they're still part of the universe yeah I like that suburbanite next next door app posters are like transcend time and space they're everywhere yes. <laughs> Because this is like, yeah, this is like people I grew up in the suburbs have have these vibes. And it's just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And these people are taking their emo kids on to, <laughs> like, space. And he's clearly not interested in being there. Like, get the hint, mom and dad. <laughs> well, who's that kid? That's not Nicholas Holt, oh, right? It's Colin Morgan who played Merlin in, in the BBC show Merlin. I have no idea what that is, but that's fine. <laughs> Uh, uh, you could just say you weren't on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. It was um it was the BBC's basic it was like post I want to do an episode about like all the Doctor Who ripoffs that happened. The BBC basically were like we need another like show like Doctor Who for Saturday tea time and they greenlit what was basically like young Merlin who fucks, but he doesn't he doesn't fuck, he's he just kinda hands it around and he messes around like King Arthur and uh mm. Uh, Richard Wilson from One Foot in the Grave slash The Doctor Dances as uh, another wizard, and I think uh, yeah, it was. It's one of those shows where it's like, you know, it's like that Robin Hood show the BBC did as well, where it's like these shows just kind of exist in that era, um, it, for many reasons. I don't know. Um, the 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 one another cursed thing is the amount of fucking shit that they throw on. At the start, like the the like the cartoon, the music, the disco lights. The- yeah, who is this for, guys? Who is this for? Let's be it reminded here. me of that that TikTok account that does the uh, where it's like a subway surfer, some video of someone talking, <laughs> yeah. and then something that is, else. It is that. Like, it is that. You're right. Oh yeah. my god! <laughs> Just complete sensory overload. <laughs> <laughs> Just, wow. missing the, just missing the TikTok narrator voice as well. Russell T. Yeah. Davis predicting the future once again. <laughs> what a man. Yes. Yeah, genius. Also, okay, Grandpa, when he's like, we'll just have to talk to each other. Yeah, that is such a, <laughs> that is such a, like, uh, if that was, <laughs> if <laughs> just imagining that on a plane where it's like, well, we don't have Wi-Fi and the planes of uh, uh, things aren't working. We can't watch any movies. Well, I guess we're just going to have to t- talk to each other and just everybody like throwing paper cups at this guy. Like, shut up. I don't want to talk who, to you. You know who plays the professor is um, David Troughton, who is the son of Patrick Troughton. Wow. Uh, yeah. And it looks like him. He, he was, he's, he briefly, I think, was the big finish sound like now it's his brother michael Trotton, but um who was also in doctor who um he's in uh last christmas but it w- he was like a, a late replacement for someone i can't remember who it was but he was like a, like a last second 
throw in. Um, I think he's good as well. Um, I think I think they're all good. I think it, like, it's it is like Shazzy, you, you like, compared to theater. I think it is really like kind of like um, it feels like a kind of really immersive kind of you know not one act play, maybe like a two act play. Um, actually, they made like a music. Is there a musical or a stage show based on on moon on moonlight on midnight got made in like twenty sixteen? I think I don't know if there's any footage of it online, but there is a. There is a a play based on this episode. That's oh person. really? Yeah. Which well, I, I mean, that sounds cool. They should do more of that. They should, but mm. like I mean, the like the like the performance level alone, when like, because I know like when when you have um, I'm trying to think of her name. Uh, she's Leslie some because she's in Scott and Bailey. I don't know her name. Uh, Sky. When you have Sky and the Doctor, um, like you know, doing the whole back and forth. Um, I know that they a lot of that is in post to sync up the audio, but like when it isn't, when it's like live and they have to like you know do the actual thing, it's just insane that they they manage to get yes. this kind of kind of thing going. Yeah, it was it's so impressive. I like yeah, I wasn't sure how much of that was like post production and how much of it was them doing it, but it was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Man, damn, now I want to see that that play. You're right. Like, Chesley, you're absolutely right. I kind of want to see that play and see what it is like. Although, if I would probably add more to it. Like, I feel like this is a great opportunity for you to just, like, ratchet up the almost, like, slasher vibes of the story. Mm-hmm. Just, like, how it is all these characters you meet and you're slowly watching them succumb to each other. Except nobody dies, but that's kind of, like, the idea. Um, I opened, I looked it up. So it was at uh, midnight. It um, it seems to have premiered in Australia. Um, oh. there doesn't seem to be much in the way of like information beyond it. It was at some Australian fringe festival, um, and then just never went anywhere. I assume the BBC were like, "You can't really do this, guys." I'm sorry. Nick Brink showed up and said, stop. Stop it. <laughs> this is our territory. <laughs> Do you think that's uh, that uh, Nick Briggs does the midnight thing of saying the lines in time whenever you stop working at Doctor Who? He's like, all right, all right, I'm done. You clock out. You just see Nick Briggs. Like, Hello. Nick Briggs uh, uh, follows you home. Do you know who Nick Briggs is, Jessa? I just, we got to just make sure. Yeah, he's the voice of... Uh, Dalek and all that stuff, oh, right? And so he's much like, more than that, though. He okay. is he's the, like heavily involved in um the uh, big uh, finish. What, yeah. what am I thinking? Yes, big finish. That's the word. I've recently got into big finish, but like oh. mostly the Eight Doctor. Oh, the Eight Doctor. It's oh so yeah. Good. Okay. All right. Here we go, Shazza. <laughs> I fucking love Charlie Pollard. Sorry. I She's love so good. Charlie. She's so good. <laughs> yes, I love Charlie Pollard. I am a Charlie Stan. We I stand. love when, like, yes, I love when the companions have like some like deeply weird relationship to the doctor. Like, <laughs> right? I can't have it all the time, but like when they're just like a little bizarre, like unhinged relationship <laughs> they have, and I'm just like, yes, thank you. <laughs> we stand. We we cannot. Ha- I cannot help but stand. I cannot yes. help but stand. <laughs> I just like there's so many like uh there's that one I can't remember which one it is when she's just like talking to the doctor and she's like I think she asked him if he's ever been to an orgy. <laughs> yeah. And she's just is, like, uh, he's just like Charlotte. <laughs> it is it is like it's beautiful the length. It, I mean, if you are listening to this and you have not heard any of the Eighth Doctor Big Finish stuff, it's on Spotify, please give it a, a listen to. It is so mm-hmm. much fun. It is just fun. It's just like it feels like they can do whatever they want because they don't have to worry about budget. And most of the time, it's like, why would you want to do that? This like this is the most <laughs> insane possible idea you could ever have, and and then they just do it. It's so much fun. Have you heard the Zagreos yet? Yes, I finished Charlie's, and I'm just briefly started on Lucy Miller's. Oh, Lucy, um, I gotta Miller. get to Lucy. Lucy I Miller haven't been own. as into Lucy. Like they're yeah. shorter because I think they switched to radio. Yeah, and it's just like it's just not. An, I feel like that's not enough time to like get a good mm-hmm. radio broad. So I was like not vibing with it as much. But mm-hmm. I, I, um, 
one the one that reminds this reminds me a lot of is um the eighth and Charlie audio like scherzo, where it's 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 uh Lucy it's after it gets after Zagreus. Yes. That's when we're yeah, we're, we're Charlie and, and the Doctor are walking around, and like they're, like they're they're just talking for the you know, everything. This reminds me of that a lot. Lu- yeah, the, the Lucy Miller ones are like, I think they kind of they kind of lead into like the the um the aspect of Donna where it's like oh they just banter each other for like the entire episode and then move on. Yeah. Where where like it just kind of doesn't really work in that in that kind of environment. Yeah, and I feel like they're always separated because, like, they need to get the plot in, they need to get all the explanation in, so they kind of have to have them both pull like mm-hmm. double duty essentially. Mm-hmm. So then they're like separate for half the thing, and I'm like, well, what fun <laughs> is this? I'm sorry, y'all gotta know what y'all gotta do <laughs> with these. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, you need to listen to. Have you listened to Jub- Jubilee? No, it's on my list. I so yeah. <clears throat> I don't, I saw, I've seen a decent amount of Tom Baker's, but other than that, I have, like, classic, it was a complete and utter blind spot to me. So Uh I was not sure, like, whether jumping into the big finish audio without knowing that much about the Doctor. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's fine, but I just hadn't really. Uh, It is fine. You should be good. It is actually kind of dangerous for you to, like, get into... We were just talking about this in the episode we previously recorded, which was our Planet of the Ute episode about how watching Classic Who is like a double-edged sword. You, mm-hmm. you can Because it, it can be very interesting, but it can also be very boring. <laughs> yeah, they're but, so long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Listen, I know people are hearing this and be like, ah, oh, these young fools <laughs> people with no attention spans like i'm sorry i am so sorry i don't want to spread them out week by week they were made to be watched week by week i don't want to do that sorry yeah oh man age is a funny thing and speaking of age i think uh midnight is one for the ages talk about us segue back but since <laughs> we've, we've talked about the episode uh, uh and Shaza, this is a first time you're a first time guest here with us on the show uh, mm-hmm. You are the host of the Condensed Truth and Essential X Files podcast. That's and right. We talk a lot about X Files here and Doctor Who in Land because uh, I feel like, especially the revival, really like took a lot of um, I would say like secondhand inspiration from X Files. Uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. say at least like the way Unit is portrayed. Or the way that like Torchwood is portrayed in particular, yeah, Torchwood definitely like just X Files mm-hmm. with the thing sent it off. So my question is, if Mulder and Scully were in this situation, who do you think would die first? <laughs> um, hmm, like between the two of them. Yeah, like imagine I think Mulder is like naturally more annoying, so like <laughs> I think they would have turned on him a lot quicker. Yeah, and, but I think Scully would have been with the other women and been like, "I know that it is not in ten right now." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What, what, I just somebody needs to Photoshop David Duchovny. <laughs> it's in the background of it. Don't tell anyone about it. <laughs> <laughs> he was there. He's there, right there. You know what's so funny is there's that episode of uh, Ice, like in season one, and there's like a scene where uh, Mulder and Scully are in like a different part of the habitat, like arguing, and then you cut to the rest of the people. You could hear them arguing, <laughs> and <laughs> everyone's just like, "I don't know what we've gotten ourselves into." <laughs> and that's the best season one episode. So you know, you know, like that's even early then. Ice is the one yeah. that's like the thing, right? Yeah. Correct. God. The the cojones to on your first season just <laughs> let's just do the thing. I mean it was the nineties. <laughs> I don't think anyone really cared that much about it, but like it's kinda weird. Did did they ever reference Doctor Who in the X Files? Not to my recollection, so probably not. Uh <laughs> yeah, this is yeah, it doesn't seem like something they would like it's, Chris Carter is even aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have given it thought because I was like, I know Scully was a Navy brat, so she lived ab- abroad. So I was like, I feel like she probably saw Doctor Who. But then I remember that like Mulder literally went to Oxford. So he all- definitely knows what Doctor Who is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I do hope that they went to see the Doctor Who movie together. I think that would have been really fun. 
Mm. Well, they oh they were in the same network. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Are they also that movie was shot in Vancouver, which I didn't realize until recently because I was like, that looks like a X Files set. <laughs> I wonder if this was shot in Vancouver. <laughs> I think if you look at the background of, uh, of, of you could see Gillian Anderson and David Duchovny running. <laughs> you, uh, they really um, should have had cameos. Yeah. yeah, we talked a lot about how much we wish that um, that X Files would cross over with Doctor Who. That it had happened. I mean, if Doctor Who had become a show on Fox in the nineties, it definitely would have happened at some point. Oh yes, like, like, like just the Simpson m- episode of yeah. the X Files. <laughs> just Mulder for a yeah, Time Lords, like a, a file called "There's a Time Lord." It's called going. I cannot do this right now. I I am so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um. What was oh yeah? I look, sorry, I looked up um. X Files again on on Tardis Wiki. Oh my yeah, beloved Tardis Wiki. And um, uh, apparently Sarah Jane Smith once asked Mike Yates, the famous third Doctor companion, who um, who had invested who had invited her to investigate a haunted house. What? The- oh, sorry, I missed the comma. I was like, what the fuck is this? Sarah Jane Smith once asked Mike Yates, comma, who had invited her to investigate a haunted house, comma. What he didn't call Fox and Dana instead. Now, the, the third Doctor's era is accessory in the eighties, which means for this to work as a reference, the, 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 the timeline is completely and irrevocably like blown up. I love that. Um, I mean, I mean, Doctor Who has had a very. Uh, they've shouted out X Files several times. I'm pretty sure yeah. that. PC Andy, PC Andy calls it, yeah. Andy, yeah, he calls Jack and Gwyn Mulder and Scully. Also, um, <laughs> I have tried to figure out what, what this is in relation to, because I can't figure it out. David Duchovny is on the list, the Wikipedia list for celebrity Doctor Who fans. And I've looked into oh, it. Oh, interesting. It, apparently he said he wanted to be on the show. I looked it up. There's no, <laughs> I think the, the closest we get is that he said something about the show on like some TV chat show in the UK in like okay. 2006. And the man loves the, to talk, so <laughs> he does. <laughs> but someone has extrapolated from that the idea that he wants to be that one. He's a big fan of Doctor Who, and two, he wants to be on the show. It's like how they Tom did the Hanks. Same, yeah, it's this Tom yeah. Hanks thing. They did it's the exact same thing to Tom, Tom <laughs> yeah. Hanks. Yeah, Tom Hanks briefly said, "Oh yeah, I, I remember seeing that." Now he's on the list of celebrity fans. Apparently and then they the interviewed show. him, and he was like, "Guys, I have no idea what this is. Please <laughs> stop asking me about it." I got this man, Nick Briggs, <laughs> knocking on my door every day. I do um, love the Galaxy Brain fans that now that uh, Shuti Gatwa is in it, and then Jillian was in sex education with him, that she'd be on the show since she already lives in Northern Ireland, I think, still. So, yes, I do support that. They'd be a lot of fun, like Disney, shell out the money. <laughs> they should. I, 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 they I, should. Actually, I do actually think, fully. I do fully believe she will be on in at least some capacity in that show. I hope it's recurring. It'd be great well, to have her. I feel like we all agree she should be the master, right? Like that's she what would I was be, thinking. Yeah, yeah, she would be a great master. Like she would be a fantastic <laughs> master. Uh, but but no, we can't have good things. So <laughs> my friend happen. texted me that she was she was actually considered for the role of Cersei in the Game of Thrones show. Oh my and god! And she was like, mm, "I don't want to do that. Maybe for like a like a big name uh, director, but not for those two." <laughs> she was guys, right. Guys, she was like, "Do you guys hear that right. noise? Do you guys hear that noise? It's just a bullet we dodged, like <laughs> just going over our heads." <laughs> wow! What a what a whoa! She's dodged been in enough life. bad ending shows for a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I feel like X Files and Doctor Who have that in similar, where it's like if you've been on either for that long time, you kind of get a pass. Like you, you got a pass on anything else. Like I'm too big for this. I've been on X Files. Yeah. Why yeah. do they do X Files audio series? Why doesn't Big Finish do <laughs> X File audiobooks? Give Mulder another fun. companion. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really interesting because that show like. It's it's not that complicated of a show. It feels like it could work like without them, but at the same time, it feels weird to have an like, X Files yeah. without Mulder and Scully. Like, Every it, time they bizarre. try, they fail uh, miserably. Well, they, and they're still trying to this day. Like I remember hearing that they were like, "We're gonna do a comedic spin spin off of the X Files." Yeah, and it's like spin off. 
Yeah, and it's yeah, like I think that got canceled from pandemic, so you know. Yeah. yeah. So you're gonna do the comedic episodes of X Files? Like that's it's just <laughs> like they the show would do that. You're just gonna do that. I mean, I love what's it called that episode um, where it's a bunch of people in the rating. They're Oh, Jose Chung's uh, from Outer Space. Oh, yes. Mm. yes. And, I, and I think it's one of the fav- my favorite jokes of all time when it's the kid being like, and then I saw this man and Sc- Mo- Sc- uh, Molly walk- Molly. Sc- Mulder walks in and the kid is like, and he let out the most terrifying sound I ever yeah. heard. And he just goes... <laughs> <laughs> with the most straightforward face ever and i think that's the funniest joke of one of my favorite jokes of all time it's it's such an all-timer that's a such an all, all-timer episode mm. you could do like uh you could do like uh, meal pairings with uh x-files and doctor who episodes that's like, such a good idea yeah you could pair you could pair jose chung with Loving monsters. I don't know why you would, but you could. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of something that like has as many uh, narrative like threads that it's going through of like X's re- recollection of this in mm-hmm. just the retelling constantly. I don't know if Doctor. I can't think of a Doctor Who episode that had that. I'm trying to think. They, of they one. never get that high concept, really. Yeah, like yeah. the hi- this is like the highest. The highest concept the Doctor whoever gets is what if the the companion or the Doctor is away from an episode, and it never gets <laughs> higher than that. Yeah, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it, I think Jose Chung would pair well with the audio drama from the Eighth Doctor. Uh, what it shades? Uh, no, History of Fear. I want to say. Oh yeah, History. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's with the museum, it's 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 with the museum. Where, like they have memories or or. or... Yeah, it's like kind of yeah. cycle. Like they keep kind of going through a cycle over and over and over. Yeah, it's a, that's in, that's what carries and um, mm-hmm. yeah, carries. By the way, this is my carries. Where carries is such a f- like I, I hate carries so much. I, I oh, do I, you? I, I don't like carries. Um, I also I pre the Chroman is maybe my least favorite uh, audio. Of oh, all that time. one's so bad. It's so bad, and then you have the. It's really get, bad. It's really bad, and then the giant slug stuff is just like oh god. Oh God! That's actually something someone pointed out. Like Philip Martin wrote two, um, six Doctor uh, episodes as well. He wrote these two called Vengeance on Varos and Mind Warp, which is in Twilight Time Lord. And every single thing he's done for like Doctor Who has some kind of like transformation thing in it. Like it trans, like some gets turned into an animal or some gets turned into like a an, another thing, which is just like it's. it's it, it that's I don't know. There's something on there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah. I don't think. I think the thing about like the X Files compared to Doctor Who with that kind of regard is that like I think the, like the the the, 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 the idea of high concept to like someone like this is gonna sound like reductive. Thing. This the, the 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 concept the thing of high concept to like a British TV writer to American TV writer I think is different. Because with like Doctor Who, the, the the high concept ones are like you know, Heaven Sent or um, Love mm-hmm. of Monsters. I think Love of Monsters mm-hmm. is maybe like like the one where I think it gets closest to like the kind of like the X Files kind of high concept idea. Um, I guess like Listen is another one where like it, it's kind of playing with with the ideas. Time heist. Time 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 is very fairly straightforward. I guess well, it's a straightforward heist movie. Uh, has has X Files ever bad. done a? Uh, we'll talk about that when we get to that. Yeah. Has X Files ever done a heist episode? I'm well, there's to think a of. bank robbery one Monday, which was a time loop. Yeah. But it was oh, just like yeah. a bank but that was robbery. It wasn't necessarily yeah. a heist. Um, yeah. yeah. No, there well, is that one. Right. <laughs> when you said that, I remembered that line, and uh, I want to say it was Memento Mori, where he he he's going to break into a facility. Uh-huh. And he asked the lone gunman if he put on something black and let's do some funky poaching. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something well, I feel like I could see like Eleven saying. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gotta say though, I gotta ask. I know we're just full on not talking about Doctor Who. <laughs> People say like, oh, there's a lot of shows that age poorly. I think X-Files has aged incredibly well. Yes. Uh, even though... The word conspiracy theory has like taken a different meaning nowadays, mm-hmm. like, like, like especially 
all the QAnon stuff and all that, like even with that, it has aged really well, except for the lone gunman. I think, think that's so? the one okay, part. Okay. Yeah, it feels like now they would they would be a lot more distasteful. But like yeah. <laughs> they're just like they're, they're they're silly friends who don't believe that they believe the JFK was killed by the CIA. <laughs> and it's like we are well past that at this point. Yeah, like, we yeah, don't think like, JFK was dead. Like we think JFK <laughs> Jr. is alive. <laughs> yeah, that's like the, the the baby thing. That's like the baby level. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> the, the the conspiracy. They feel like they even in the nineties. It was. It felt like they never had a good. They never got to the distasteful parts of the conspiracy. You know what I mean? It it was always felt a little surface level. And also, Chris Carter had this extremely bad habit of just going hog wild on conspiracy theories without right. really, you know, putting any care in like what he's saying to a public who is going to take some of this at face value. And so when he's just like, they're tagging us with vaccines. And I'm like, I'm going to pretend like that didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, I also think that what the conspiracy theory is, is like such so different like Absolutely. even in the X Files, you've got like they're gonna control like uh, the population through eugenics and breed us on one side, and on the other side you have man. There's like a weird mushroom in the forest, and if you <laughs> touch it, it gives you weird visions. Like that's the level of conspiracy the show would get. <laughs> it, it was just like a very weird vibe. Yeah, that's why. That is why. One of it's like one of the only episodes that's actually good from the revival is the lost art of forehead, art of forehead sweat. sweat. Because, yeah, because it completely it completely directs this of like you don't even need to lie. You could say the truth, and people are just not going to believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I love the last uh, five minutes of that uh, episode where it's so they, good <laughs> where they have like the fake X Files ending, and they're driving on the fake set. And Mulder just falls <laughs> on the floor like, it's, it's not enough. <laughs> yeah. Having the alien do like Trump's like extremely yeah. racist speech, I thought was like a one of the only funny Trump things yes. I've ever seen in like a scripted Absolutely. show of like recontextualizing it as like a, you know, an out, uh, a reflection of humanity towards other, you know, extraterrestrial beings rather than like the usual silly jokes people would do that were like not funny and not interesting <laughs> about trump yeah and to me it also gets into like what what else like it also gets into like when doctor who tries to do trump personally it's just so bad uh <laughs> jack tries, robertson it tries to trump and then in the episode where it presents a trump figure he says, oh, I'm not Donald Trump. I hate that guy. And it's like, well, <laughs> what, what was the point of doing this then? You know, what, was, what was the point yeah. of trying to approach this? And you're going to the couch for yeah. like, oh, actually, well, you know, we're not going to go there. Um, I do think the, um, yeah, I don't know. The, the, yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's, okay. it's a silly character. Not to get us like even more off topic, but like as an American, I kind of hate when Doctor Who like does American stuff just because like, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. never good, and I'm just like, I don't really get, like. Just do your silly little British shows, like it's fine. <laughs> like you don't have to come here; it's fine. I promise, I'm not going to be offended. We talked. I, I I I totally agree with you. It is so. It's. I mean, what word is there but cringe? It is cringe. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's cringe when Doctor Who is like, and now to comment on Rosa Parks. It's like, guys. God. Like, you don't have to. It's fine. Like, you don't have to. Also, you have your own problems right now. <laughs> there are much worse things for you to talk about. No, no, yeah, no. Exactly. We must. <laughs> the only way, the only time it's okay. I still. We're, we're talking about like an episode we're going to talk about four years from now, but I still think that like the impossible astronaut, the way that episode uses Nixon, it might as well be a. <laughs> random like non-existent person <laughs> just being like doctor you're gonna help me <laughs> the aliens. like come on guys he was yeah. a monster <laughs> <laughs> he's just a silly little guy to them <laughs> and at the end when he's like he tells oh my god that fucking joke at the end when 
the agent who's like the guy from Supernatural and he's like, well, I have a problem marrying my marrying my partner who's black and Nixon's like, well, I think we can look over that. And then he's like, and then the guy's like, yeah, he's gonna love it because he's gay. And then it's like, come on, yeah. guys. That's Nixon a certified shot him. moment. Nixon would have <laughs> shot him right there. <laughs> Spain! Get over here. <laughs> like, you're trying to tell me Nixon did not drop the N-word after hearing that? No. <laughs> That man? No. <laughs> for Obviously, no reason. For, children. for no reason. He would have just... <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah, he would have been anti-Semitic just randomly. <laughs> I, as a kid, randomly, on a lark, when I was 12, I bought the Haldeman Diaries from a like a thrift store. I saw that book and I randomly bought it. And I remember reading it. And just being astonished that like the shit they would talk about, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, just straight up Nixon being like saying the most racist shit, and Holden being like, "Isn't he a smart and sensible <laughs> man?" It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, man. Ugh. Oh, also very quickly, I wanted to shout out. I think the music and the like the editing of this episode is phenomenal. I think it's really mm. great. Oh, yeah, I, th- I think this is an episode that kind of got really taken to a next level in the like editing bay for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think it's, uh, I think maybe Murray Gold's one of his best work because it's just like so, it's, it's understated, but then in the part when they're dragging him away, it just zooms up and goes up in like such a great level. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's great. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's it's just like it's just great. It's just a great episode. It's it's one of like the top ten I think for me in terms of Doctor episodes. Yeah, um, same. Yeah, I love it so much. Anything yeah. else? I I I don't really have anything else. Um, actually, I do w- w- one thing, which is that um, it's not even like a point. It's just that. This episode was allegedly uh, Russell. T- Russell mentions it being an influence. Um, the uh, Star Trek uh, TNG episode Darmok, where oh. the card goes onto the planet, and there's a guy who talks in metaphors. Apparently, it was a, it was an influence on how he approached the um, the, the interplay with the monster and stuff, which you you don't cu- you kind of don't see, but like it, it kind like, you can you can kind of tell where like the the kind of start and end point of that idea kind of you know. I don't know. Yeah, I have not you, seen Star Trek The Next Generation. Sorry, cannot you comment. Should, you should watch Darmok. It's uh, an episode where Picard gets beamed down to a planet and he's like a, a lizard guy who only speaks in metaphor. And, <laughs> and Picard's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And the guy's like, you know, like, this guy on the ocean, you know? And Picard's oh, like, what? Oh, I heard about this one. Yeah, it's really it's good. And then Data's like up in the ship again, like uh, uh, I don't know metaphor. And then uh, Jonathan Frakes, who uh, a couple of months ago, in like a moment of I'll call it like high school student stupidity, egged on by people, I uh, just out of the blue DM'd Jonathan Frakes on Instagram. Oh being, no. Like, Hey Jonathan, big fan of your work. You should be in Doctor Who. And and then uh, he left me on red. <laughs> <laughs> that was something I loved to do in junior high. My friends would come over and we'd circle around my computer and I would uh, message voice actors from anime I liked on um, MySpace. <laughs> Actually, I did do that. I um, when I was a teenager uh, on Facebook um, back in the day when like celebrities would add you on Facebook. Uh, my friends and I, uh, Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario, was like on Facebook, and we all added him. And in my like, in our well, I'm I'm not gonna say I wasn't a big factor in this, but like, in our stupidity, we made like a, a Facebook group and we added him to the Facebook group, and we made him a moderator. And the <laughs> nicest, one of the nicest things anyone famous ever do, like if if like I was in the situation, I would just like you know block all of them and leave. He stayed there and he talked to us for like. 10 minutes and was like hey guys yeah I'll, I'll answer any questions you have about like me or whatever so a nice chat with Charles Martinet for about 10 minutes um, but yeah I don't know Damn. the things we Charles see Martinet. 
Do you think Charles Martinet, if he was in the Midnight episode, he would do the Mario voices he was being copied? Most of them. Stop talking. <laughs> She's got in my voice. Wahoo! 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 me! She goes, he's stealing her voice. <laughs> and then as she gets sucked out, and she just goes, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Should I plug my stuff? Oh, yes. Please go ahead. Okay. Okay. So you can follow me on Twitter at Swamp Creature with an extra E at the end. Uh, I mostly post about the X Files, if I'm going to be completely honest. I I have a brand to maintain, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And I also, Michelle, very graciously offered to host my podcast that I do, as mentioned previously, Condensed Truth. And we talk about the X-Files, but instead of talking about all the episodes, which I do not have the time for, we are picking the ones that I think are essential. Mm -hmm. So if you're ever interested in the X-Files and you don't want to dive into all 200 plus episodes, which I must stress, I don't recommend doing, you should listen to my podcast where I will fill in the blanks if you're confused. We'll talk about the high points of the show. Uh, I bring a lot of back... um, Behind the scenes stuff. Been <laughs> reading a lot of books on archive.org. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love so it. So it's, yeah, it's been a ton of fun. It's been a lot of work, but I've really been enjoying doing a extreme deep dive into my all time favorite show. So if y'all are interested, you can check us out at Cadence Truth on Twitter as well. And also at the same spot since we're pod siblings, I guess. <laughs> Uh, I yeah. sometimes I think we should have ripped off your idea for this because there's sometimes where I, I'll throw uh, an episode. No, no, no. You can't say that. that. No, because I'll throw an episode on and I'll be like, I have nothing to say about this. And you'll be able to tell <laughs> on the episodes where we talk about those episodes because I'll I'll just be like, uh, yeah, and I like this thing. And then that thing happened. Um, and that's when we get the great tangents, like Nixon <laughs> saying <laughs> the N-word to the doctor. That's where they get those great tangents. Um, anyway, fantastic. T- um, next time. Sometimes I think there's way too much coincidence around you, Donna. I met you once, and I met your grandfather, and I met you again. In the whole wide universe, I met you for a second time. It's not something's binding us together. Don't be so dumb. I'm nothing special. Yes, you are. You're brilliant. You thought you were brilliant? She said that. You did. I won't. I can't remember. Well, she never existed now. No, but she said. The stars. She said the stars are going out. Yeah, but that world's gone. No, but she said it was all worlds. Every world. She said the darkness is coming. Even here. Who was she? I don't know. What did she look like? She was... Blonde. What was her name? I don't know. Donna, what was her name? But she told me to warn you. She said two words. What two words? What were they? What did she say? Bad wolf. Um, yeah, uh, thank you, Chesa, for being on here. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you so much. Um, yes, thanks thank- for having me. Um, well, you should come back some other time and we'll talk other stuff. Um, Absolutely. Um, I, I, don't, I don't really have anything else to say other than uh, <laughs> bye. It's, it, oh, well, actually, the, oh, the truck, the truck's, not truck, the bus, we're on a bus. It's uh, starting up again, so I think we're, we're going to we're gonna head back to, to the, the resort. Um, it's a good thing no alien creatures stopped and interrupted us today, isn't it? It's a good thing yeah. no alien creatures stopped and interrupted us today, isn't it? Oh, no. 
Oh, you know no. what? Goodbye, I everybody. actually see. I see the door opening. There's a bright light. I think we're being abducted. <laughs> Look at the X Files team. I hope the smoky man's in this one.